This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome to Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. I'm Tyler Clausen, and this is what's happening this week in our community. A 44-year-old man drowned in the Clackamas River on Sunday after jumping into the river from a cement water intake at the Riverside Park in Clackamas. Officials with the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office said the man leapt from the intake, which was located in the middle of the river, and disappeared under the water. Family members called 911 after other swimmers were unable to locate him. Personnel from Clackamas Fire recovered the victim shortly after deputies arrived at the scene, officials said. Medics tried for over 30 minutes to revive the victim, but were unsuccessful. In another heat-related call later that day, search and rescue volunteers responded to help retrieve a hiker suffering from dehydration symptoms. Two hikers on the Pacific Crest Trail near Ramona Falls called in the incident after encountering another hiker who appeared to have heat stroke. Clackamas search and rescue members of American Medical Response's reach and treat team deployed into the field assisted by Mount Wave Emergency Communication. Trail runners reached the patient at approximately 11.50 p.m. and paramedics and rescuers administered fluids and then transported the patient on a wheeled litter across the Sandy River to a trailhead about five and a half miles away. The man was able to hike out the last mile of trail himself and declined transport to the hospital. All told, rescuers covered 11 miles of trail, crossed the Sandy River four times, and climbed 2,100 feet over the course of the mission. Area officials also responded to three other water rescues over the weekend, rescuing a total of four individuals on the Clackamas River who were exhibiting heat stroke symptoms or became stranded.
An impaired driver was arrested last week after crashing his SUV through a fence and into a motor home in Clackamas County, then fleeing the scene after a fire broke out at the crash scene and damaged nearby power lines. Mario Verduzgo, 30 years old, of Portland, allegedly drove his 2007 Toyota RAV4 into a motorhome parked on a homeowner's property at Southeast 190th and Tilstrom Road in Damascus shortly before 3 a.m. on Monday. The SUV reportedly drove nearly 200 feet off the roadway and damaged a Verizon wireless pole a PGE electrical box, and a retaining wall before hitting the motorhome, according to the police. After the crash, Verduzgo reportedly left the scene. The collision sparked a fire that set both vehicles on fire, likely due to a propane tank explosion. The fire damaged nearby power lines and ignited the grass around the crash site with flames nearing the residence. Clackamas Fire was called out to the fire while PGE personnel handled the power line damage. Deputies advised the homeowner and his dog to evacuate and alerted a neighbor about the potential fire hazard. Deputies later found for Duzgo about a half mile away from the crash site on Southeast Tilstrom Road. A breath test showed that his blood alcohol content was 0.11, over the legal limit of 0.08. As a result, he was arrested and charged with hit-and-run, reckless driving, and driving under the influence of intoxicants. The incident caused significant damage to the homeowner's property, officials said, including the destruction of the motorhome and damage of the power lines. Though there is still a little work left to do in and around it, the new roundabout at Tolliver Road and Highway 213 in Malala is nearly complete and officially open after a two-month closure. The project, a joint effort between ODOT and the city of Malala, will continue to have intermittent lane closures as the finishing touches are added around the intersection. But as of this past weekend, traffic was flowing through the new look and presumably safer intersection. ODOT encourages residents, especially those unfamiliar with roundabouts, to take it slowly. Look for signs and watch for people on bikes and walking. Yield to traffic already in the roundabout and wait for a gap, then safely merge. Once in the roundabout, move around the circle. Don't pass bikes. To exit, use your signal to watch for people using the crosswalk. Cyclists should navigate the roundabout like a motor vehicle would or use the sidewalk and crosswalks. If you use the sidewalk, yield to people walking, travel at a walking speed, or walk your bike. Pedestrians should travel only on the sidewalk or in designated crosswalks when preparing to cross 
watch for oncoming traffic and make sure that they stop for you before proceeding. Cross one direction of travel at a time and wait at the islands in the crosswalk until your path is clear. Do not enter a roundabout when emergency vehicles are approaching. Pull over to the right and allow other vehicles to clear the intersection so the emergency vehicles can move through the roundabout. The $10.26 million project came about after a study of the intersection found that between 2007 and 2016, there were 38 crashes at the intersection, with 83% of those resulting in injury. Design of the intersection was completed in 2022 and utility work began in the spring with construction following over the summer. Portland General Electric praised its customers this week for collective actions that officials said helped reduce energy use and ease pressure on the grid during last week's record-setting heat wave. The action by customers coupled with PGE's own system upgrades and preparedness efforts helped with electrical service reliability during an intense week of oppressive heat where temperatures reached triple digits for four straight days, including a high of 108 degrees on Monday, August 14th. That was the third hottest in Oregon's history. Advancements in technologies and electrifications means today's electric systems is a two-way street, PGE officials said in a press release. This creates the opportunity for customers to have a significant impact on reducing their energy use during times of peak demand. The actions by PGE customers this week reduced power demand by about 90 megawatts during peak hours on Monday, officials said, and by an initial 96 megawatts the following day when temperatures reached 104. These results helped PGE maintain reliable power throughout the week. PGE said employees worked diligently on several efforts to address or prevent potential heat-related issues, including adding extra cooling systems to help keep essential distribution equipment from overheating and staffing additional crews to quickly and efficiently respond to any outages. The utility also activated demand response programs and encouraged its commercial and industrial customers to reduce electrical use. Extreme temperatures create intense demand for electricity, especially during the evening when people typically return home from work, turn up their air conditioner and run dishwashers and other appliances. Reducing energy use during these times alleviates stress on the grid and electrical equipment, helping utilities continue to provide reliable power to customers throughout the day. You can help support these efforts by setting your thermostat carefully during peak hours and running the air conditioner during the day only when you're home. If temperatures cool down enough for comfort, consider turning the AC off at night 
and opening the windows to cool with outside air. Avoid using large electrical appliances like ovens, dishwashers, washing machines during peak morning, and turn off any and all unnecessary electrical equipment like home entertainment systems, computers, copiers, and lights when not in use. PGE offers several programs to reward customers for reducing usage during peak times, but only about a quarter of its residential users are enrolled. The utility reports as the Pacific Northwest continues to see record-breaking summers and winters, PGE encourages customers to check out these programs. Learn more at portlandgeneral.com. The Canby Ferry will be closed for service between 9 a.m. and noon Tuesday, August 29th and Wednesday, August 30th for crews to install fiber optic lines, Clackamas County has announced. Officials said the ferry will reopen at noon both days and continue until the regular closing time of 6 p.m. The work had originally been set for August 22nd and 23rd of this week, but was delayed for unknown reasons. The Canby Ferry crosses the Willamette River between Canby and Wilsonville. The ferry runs from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. seven days a week, except on major holidays and when the water level rises to 70 feet or higher or during inclement weather. Each day, the ferry pauses for service from 1 to 1.30 p.m. for staff to have a lunch break. Check in for regular updates at www.bit.ly slash Canby Ferry or by calling the Canby Ferry information line at 503-650-3030. Tyler, what you doing? My dang Wi-Fi keeps going out, and uh, I'm just trying to move this router somewhere else, get a better signal. It's been years since I set this thing up, and now I forgot how to do it. Oh, years, huh? How many years are we talking? I don't know, like seven or eight, maybe? Well, no wonder your Wi-Fi stinks. You've got a router that's older than my fourth grader stuff behind a bunch of stuff at the back of your entertainment center. But this is state-of-the-art router systems, bro. It might have been when you bought it, but Wi-Fi technology has progressed a lot since then. Think about it, would you expect an eight-year-old smartphone to be able to do the things that a modern one can? I don't know, my iPhone 4 seems to do okay. So are you saying to go out and buy a new system? That's gonna cost me a fortune. Not necessarily. You have DirectLink, right? Didn't you hear that they're upgrading their network? All members on Fiber can get a brand new router installed by their techs 
for free. What? Seriously? Are you sure that's not some sort of scam? Nope. It's just their commitment to their members as a local cooperative. Everyone that hasn't already been upgraded this year gets a new Wi-Fi router and access to the new network management mobile app called Omni IQ. You can use it to customize your network settings, use the parental controls to set time limits and content restrictions for kids, create a separate network for guests, and more. <laughs> I better get going on that then. So uh, how do I get started with the process? Just call the member services team at 503-266-8111 and tell them you'd like to upgrade to Omni. They'll get you scheduled for an appointment and one of their expert technicians will come out to install the new router at no cost to you. Two six six eight one one one. Uh, hey, uh, hello, directly? I'm, I'm ready to upgrade to Omni. All right now. <laughs> wow, that iPhone 4 does work. All right, so we are out here for our annual uh, podcast from the Clackamas County Fair and Rodeo. Uh, we're being shown around by Hannah Russell. She's the sponsorship and marketing coordinator here at the fair. Hey, Hannah, welcome back. Hi. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be walking around, talking to people, kind of checking out some of the different elements of the fair. But why don't you start by just telling us uh, how things have been going so far in the first couple of days? Yeah, the first couple of days have been really hot. Um, today is cooling down, but um, so our attendance Crazy hot. Like the up. hottest ever, maybe? Like I don't know, <laughs> but it's pretty been pretty yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've had lots of extra fans and water cooling, or misting stations and water stations all around Yeah. Uh, for everybody the past two days. Now it's cooling down, so um, hopefully our attendance will uh, go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know folks, uh, you know, we, we've had now, unfortunately, a, a few years of uh, some of this kind of unusual heat. And the sense I've gotten from people and kind of talking to people and seeing people, people are kind of used to it at this point, know what they sort of need to, to uh, be healthy in this kind of heat. And just um, you guys are obviously working with your, your uh, patrons as well to make those things available. But people aren't sort of like surprised, like, oh, my gosh, anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but you said attendance-wise, things are kind of what best you could hope for in, in what the weather's giving you. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're sold out for the rodeo for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Awesome. And so um, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're pretty full out there. And so yeah. um, I think our attendance rates will really go up the next couple days. Yeah, yeah, cool. And you said, what are some of the things you've been doing to help folks uh, deal with the heat and, and stay cool? Yeah, we had um, extra misting stations all around the grounds. Um, we had extra fans in all the barns and in all the buildings so yeah. that people can stay cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, we're standing here in the pavilion. Um, I know one thing that uh, people should definitely check out and that's new this year is uh, the upstairs. Uh, tell me about that a little bit. There's uh, something, a new partnership with the schools and art departments going on yeah, up there. Yeah, that's a Clackamas Kids Creations. It is new this year. Um, one of our fair board members and uh, the Hobby Hall uh, superintendent reached out to all the schools, and um, it's a grade from each school, and they get to do an art project. And so the, whoever wins out of the grade, uh, uh, they get a cash prize to their art department of that school. Yeah. So um, all the art is displayed upstairs. There's going to be uh, Canby Library is doing reading up there to yeah. kids. 
um, and just a bunch of activities up there for the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's really uh, cool to do that for the art departments because they always need support and yeah, Definitely. it brings some recognition to them and, and to the work that they're doing. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to be fun to see uh, upstairs as well as downstairs. There's some uh, kids entering Hobby Hall and art departments. Um, even as we were just walking through, seeing kids with their parents, like, that's mine. And just how excited they do, uh, they get to see their work on display. And Definitely. Yeah. That always makes me so happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, how's the entertainment been going this year? You guys have had a few uh, new things and some of the sort of roaming entertainment that's really fun. Yeah, we have a couple new roaming entertainment. Um, we have Circus Luminescence, who's back. They do, like, juggling. And we okay. have um, Hilia, the hula hoop extraordinaire. She nice. has she's doing a bunch of hula hoop tricks all around the grounds. We have Washboard Willie, who's also a roaming one. Um, on Main Lawn Stage, we have Dance Studio, um, a couple different dance studios with the kids dancing. Yeah. Um, we have um, a couple different family bands and things like that on Main Lawn. And then for the rodeo after party, we have uh, a couple local people and then a couple bigger like country bands. Nice, nice. Very cool. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you about, Hannah, before we head out is um, you guys uh, talked about it quite a bit at the opening ceremony. There's some signs up, but there's um, a, a, a um, new project, new building, uh, kind yeah. of the biggest uh, new development for the fairgrounds in a really long time yeah. coming um, in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're hoping to break ground on it um, sometime this summer after fair. Okay. Uh, and we don't have an exact date yet, but yeah. soon. Um, and you guys been busy or something? What's going on? Right, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Uh, but... Um, we plan on breaking ground on it and it's hopefully going to be done by June of 2025. Yeah, yeah. So it will uh, replace a building that got torn down a few yes. years ago and yep. replace, sort of replace um, what has been in its place ever since for fair, the sort of temporary Yep, the barn, beef and swine uh, tent. tent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that goes up. Uh, yeah. But it'll be more than a barn. It'll be a very yeah, uh, it's multifaceted, a, multi-purpose. Yeah, multi-purpose uh, building. So if there's ever an emergency, we can, you know, store not only animals but also people in there because they have mm. walls to uh, split it up yeah um and then we also can have bigger events like expos like rv shows mm. and car shows and things like that nice. in there as well so it'll okay. be really good cool the climate yeah. control right yes. be a, a yes. big deal as we're talking about yes, the heat and whatnot definitely be yes <laughs> yeah 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 that'll be really good for the animals when yeah. it's hot like this during fair so yeah yeah really nice so um there's a website i think where folks can check that out yeah clackmascountyfair.com there's okay. um, a whole web page about the building all right awesome well, let's head out to the fair. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, tell me your name and what you do here. Uh, my name's Naomi Sommers. I'm the assistant superintendent of the kitchen cupboard section here. And you've been here for a couple years, right, at least? 22. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a couple. A couple, a couple of you. Uh, wow, uh, why so long? You just love it. So my mom is actually the superintendent. Okay. So I started doing it with her when Family she business. started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad actually runs the sound for the stages. So okay. We're all out here. Plugged into the fair. Yeah. So your family just loves loves the Blackmas County Fair. Yeah, it's well, been a lot to your family over the years. It has. Yeah. My dad does professional sound staging and lighting. So when he got hired for this, they were looking for a new superintendent for the kitchen. And yeah. he's like, oh see if my wife is interested because yeah. my mom loves to bake so. yeah yeah that's kind of been the story for Clackamas. a lot of families over the years have been you know passed on from generation to generation of just being involved of yep. entering and, and being mm-hmm. part of it right yes yeah yeah we get a lot of families we get a lot of generational um my mom used to do this or my grandma used to do this um and a lot of people who actually do it in memory of loved ones yeah yeah that's pretty so. special right it is i think it's what makes our fair special because yeah. we're probably one of the biggest 
in the area when it comes to the creative exhibits. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we're the biggest kitchen section. Yes. Because my mom does not do things by halves. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, tell me about that, because for people who don't know what happens here at the, the kitchen cupboard every year at the Clackamas County Fair, it is incredible how well, complicated <laughs> it is, how many divisions, and how, yeah, uh, so... just how much happens in this little corner of the pavilion. Yeah, so... Um... The main entries for open class, which is anybody can enter, come in the Sunday before fair starts, and that's what you'll see in a lot of the glass cases. Yeah. So that comes in the Sunday before fair. Monday we get about 40 to 50 people in here judging it all, um, and then the fair opens on Tuesday. And then our section is kind of unique in that we have daily contests going on every day, which yeah. is what you're seeing happen here. Yeah. Um, and those they have a time frame during the day where they can bring in their entries for specific criteria like today it's anything made with hazelnuts or anything made with peaches very iron chef it's very uh, yes. <laughs> you got ingredient specific kind of challenges yes. or like yeah. but um, there's like a cheesecake day right yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and each one has a different sponsor we call around and see who wants yeah. to like for the cheesecake the clock mystery women sponsor that yeah. they have the dairy princesses come out and judge it for us yeah um, but yeah, it's really just a way to help promote local businesses as yeah. much as we can. Um, and also, uh, when you enter in the daily contest, it gets you into the fair for free. Yeah. So it may be a gateway for people to come in who maybe can't afford to otherwise. Yeah. Um, and it just brings the community together. We meet a lot of interesting people, a lot of people we've known for 20 plus years yeah. now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, like so many of the different uh, classifications and divisions and things that happen here at the Clackamas County Fair, the kitchen cupboard, um, a lot of it is really rooted in heritage and traditions, right? Yes. It's a lot of mm-hmm. breads and pies and things that probably grandma made and maybe exactly. even recipes that were passed down. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely see a lot of that. We actually have a heritage section oh, really? in our open class. Yeah. Um, and then that section anybody can enter it yeah uh, but you bring in like a little display and your recipe and where did this one come from we have a family who they are third generation i think on a farm with a big old apple tree so yeah. every year they have to bring in their apple the heritage pie apple tree. yeah uh, wow and we love it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and you know I, I obviously as the fair has changed and grown and modernized over the years yes. but a, a lot of the things here are still same as they were 10 20 years yeah, ago you know a lot of the press yeah yeah we try to put a huge emphasis on the tradition because it's a lot of the values that we find most important yeah um and we don't want to lose that because we're right. losing that a lot in other places right so right. But there are new things too there's gluten-free there sections yes. now my wife mm-hmm. entered a couple in there which is yep, really there's neat gluten-free, yeah there's gluten-free there's sugar-free we we did have a vegan section, but we lost our sponsor, so we're still okay. looking for another sponsor for uh, that. They'll come back. Yep. Yeah, we'll find somebody. Yeah. But yes, there's always something new added in. We had a new contest added last year, mm. which was a Slice of Heaven pie contest, okay. which one of our sponsors wanted to do in memory of her mom. Mm. Um, and we actually had 35 pies entered yesterday, yeah. which is incredible. That's a huge number for one contest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's always new things, too. Are there a few sort of titles or contests here at the Kitchen Cupboard that are kind of particularly competitive or, like, particularly sought after yeah, each so year? so in the open classes that come in before the fair, um, when, so, you have divisions, and then in divisions there's classes. So, yeah. like, it would be cookies would be a division, and then 
chocolate chip would be a class. Yeah. In each class, there's a first, second, third. Yeah. And those ribbons have a point value attached right. to them. And then at the end, once we have all of our totals, we do a king and queen of the kitchen and a king and queen runner-up. Mm. And that's based on how many points you got. Yeah. And then we also have junior crowns for us juniors is 15 and younger. Yeah. Um, then we do a first, second, third there as well. So as far as competitive, that's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, we have... Um, I think the True. chocolate cake one is pretty good, right? Yes, men's chocolate cake. Yeah. We have had a trophy for that one in the past, yeah. which was the bragging rights. Right. We did unfortunately lose our sponsor for the trophy. Oh, um, we are still having the contest because yeah. we do have a sponsor for the premiums. Yeah. But we're looking for somebody to do the trophy again. All right, that, if you're listening, yeah, yep. that's a big one. That's a pretty big premium for that one, right? Um, I think it's 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest premiums our daily contest we have a Dutch oven cooking contest happening on Saturday and yeah. first place is actually a hundred dollars okay awesome. uh, maybe then, that's what I'm thinking yeah, of. yeah and then the uh, the pie contest that I mentioned that the first place is also a hundred dollars yeah uh, and that goes for the juniors as well the yeah. juniors can win a hundred dollars awesome. that's that's a big deal um, I believe I've seen in years past uh, the Dairy Queens and other folks help out with the judging for, is that the daily contest or some of the contests? Yeah, so that one is the daily contest that they sponsor. It's the cheesecake one that gotcha. we mentioned earlier. Yeah. So as part of their sponsorship, they provide the judges. Uh, for the most part, all of our judges, if they're not provided by the sponsor, then they're just volunteers. And we take new volunteers, as many as we can get. We yeah. have sign-up sheets all over. Awesome. Um, we give them a call and... Actually, on the pie day, we ended up pulling somebody in who was walking by because we had so many, but yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was happy to eat some pie for us. Yeah. So what's happening here? There's like samples out. Is it a people's So we're getting ready. Or? We're getting ready to hand out samples. We're okay. not quite yet. Okay. Um, all of our daily contests, when they are done announcing the awards, yeah. we sample them out to the public so okay. that the food doesn't get wasted. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, last thing I want to ask you, Naomi, is just what do you kind of hear from people um, that come to the fair and mm-hmm. um, appreciate this this section? Uh, like yeah. you said, it's definitely I, it's got to be one of the biggest in the state, if not the yeah. biggest. <laughs> um, a lot of fairs probably don't have something like this, mm-hmm. so uh, it's got to be really neat for people to see. It is, and we get kind of we get kind of two camps. We get the people who have been doing it generationally and they love it, and it's a family tradition at yeah. this point. And then we get the people who walk by who are like, what is this? I didn't know this was a thing. Right, right. Um, So usually it's one of the two extremes. And we love telling people about it and saying, yeah, come on. These are free samples. I'm not going to make you pay for them. uh, Our cake walk is really popular because of that. Yeah. Free cake. I mean, who says no to that? Yeah. And some of these are people just amazed. I know you do have some professional uh, divisions, but a lot of them are uh, amateur bakers. Are people amazed a lot of times at what the talent yeah. is here in our county yeah definitely especially like we have a specialty cake division um which is where those professional classes yeah. are that one we have a different sponsor for but anybody can enter those we have non-professional categories in there as well and yeah. a lot of the times you'll be hard-pressed to tell which is the professional and which isn't yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah awesome all right well thanks so much Naomi. appreciate you yeah of course all right, tell me your name and title with the sheriff's office. Yep, uh, Ross Clemson. 
R-O-S-S and then C-L-E-M-S is for you, right? C-L-E-M-S-O-N. <laughs> I'm a sergeant with the sheriff's office and I'm part of our communications unit. Awesome. Thank you, Sergeant. Um, have you been uh, here, assigned here to the fair before? Or? Yep. Uh, I've been able to uh, work the fair before Yeah. Uh, and it's just the best time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What's it like? Yeah. yeah. So you get to come interact with folks. This is a highlight for you guys. It's Yeah. Every deputy looks forward to it every year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, how can you... It's hard to beat, right? Yeah. You're interacting with everybody really good food yeah uh yeah it's it's really good uh, obviously a big part of what you're doing here you've got the boots you've got uh, uh your your uh one of your patrol boats uh, one of your vehicles you're kind of doing some demonstrations yep. and, and uh engaging the public showing some of the work you do exactly right so what's so cool about and unique about our, the sheriff's office is that we have a ton of uh, special units yeah so uh you name it we have it and uh it kind of gives the public an idea of, of what we do, yeah. um, the special units that we have at our office, and um, you know we're always looking for people to join our office, yeah. right? So it's cool to bring our Recruit special man, units. Yeah. Yep. Uh, bring our special units. Let people kind of see um, the faces of our office. And, yeah. And uh, and it's a perk for us because we love we love to be here. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, folks in here in the background, that's all sheriff's office doing the karaoke up there. <laughs> so you guys know I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but you are usually stationed here, and you get to see yeah. all the entertainment, and we we got the kids doing some dancing and singing. Oh yeah. That's gotta yeah. be fun to see. The sights are great here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we're in a good spot for it too. We're right in the middle by the pavilion. So, yeah. So uh, yep. Yep, come on down and see us. And yeah. We'll be here uh, till the end of the fair. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, I believe, uh, obviously, the engagements and the uh, the public, uh, talking with the public is a big part. Uh, you also do help with some of the security and things here. We do. Yeah. Yep. We do help out with security. And how here. do you kind of approach that sort of aspect of, of working at the fair? Just uh, keeping people safe, keeping the flow going, just making sure everybody has a good time? Yeah, I think first and foremost, just making sure that people uh, feel safe here. Yeah. Um, uh, but also make sure that people are having a good time. And, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little cooler today uh, with the first couple of days in the heat. Was that something you guys kind of talked about and just uh, had people be aware of, kind of looking for people that might be uh, suffering a little bit uh, too much in the heat? And, yep, yep. Yeah. Making sure people just stay hydrated and, and even um, even some of our deputies, right? We, we wear some pretty heavy gear. So right. True. We're all yeah. just making sure that uh, we drink plenty of water. But it's starting to cool down, which is nice. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sergeant Clemson, for yeah. talking to with us, and thanks for all that you guys do here. Thank you, I appreciate it. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome.
Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Just tell me your name and what you're doing here. I'm Hayden Fallhaber, and I'm here to show my bird, Georgia. Awesome. You're part of 4-H, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your bird. So my bird is a speckled Sussex. She is, she's won reserve best in show a couple years ago. Awesome. She didn't do as good this year because of her tail feathers, but other than that, she's really a bird. Is she um, poultry or uh, is she kind of a pet? or what, what? She's for show, and then she's kind of a pet. She's a layer. We'll keep, nice. we'll keep her forever, so she's yeah. not just like a meat bird or anything. How old is she? She's three. Awesome. Very cool. She's beautiful. Thank what you. What are some of the things you do to take care of her? I had to give her a bath right before fair. I, we feed her, we water her. We just try to keep her very clean and like from keep her from being picked on by the other chickens. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think she... Uh, she seems pretty tame. What do you think she thinks of all this? Uh, it's got to be unusual to see this many people and this many other birds and yeah i think she's kind of used to it she's been shown she multiple years yeah. yeah she's been shown multiple years in a row so she's pretty much used to it by now yeah and what is the showing like what types of things do, do they have you do so there's two types of shows there's confirmation and showmanship yeah showmanship you're going to show the bird and that's all judged on the person it's judged on how you answer how your bird's tamed how you handle your bird, all the stuff on you. Yeah. And then confirmation. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> and if they try to escape, how well you can grab them. <laughs> yeah. Confirmation. You were good at that. Confirmation is going to be judged on the bird. It's going to be judged on their condition, how they look, like what they just all about them. Yeah. And then so. And that's based on uh, different breeds, or do they have different breeds go head so to head? So they have or? different classes, is what they're called. So gotcha. you have the English class, you have the American class. There's all different classes. Uh, in pigeons, for example, there's fancy Homer poultry. Yeah. Uh, not poultry, sorry. Uh, uh, fan- yeah, the, all those ones. Anyways. And there are certain standards to each class based on yeah. their muscles, their feathers, yeah. how their feathers lay and things like that, how many feathers yeah. they have, right? Like, it kind of gets pretty yeah. uh, complicated. Uh, it's just based on the, like, basic condition of the bird, and then they're going to base it on patternings of certain birds. So, for her patterning, she, patterning, she has to have, like, certain colorings on her feathers, like, just... They're a hard bird to show because they're really, they're really um, just different from all other birds. So they just are really hard to get a perfect bird. Mm. So yeah, do you kind of like that challenge though? Yeah, it's it's cool to have a challenge. Yeah, um, my other bird isn't as challenging. She's just a plain boring. No, too, so. <laughs> this one's a little bit of a diva. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, this is a kind of a bigger story at the Clackamas County Fair, right? Because I think last year, at least, um, couldn't have birds because of the flu. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. have birds last year. A lot of folks didn't know if it was coming back, but it's obviously here. People have got yeah. to be excited about that. You're excited, I bet. Yeah, we don't yeah. have waterfowl this year, but we have all the other birds, so. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, and what's the experience like as a 4-H kid? You probably get to, it's a little bit of like a reunion. You get to see maybe some families and folks. Um, yeah, it's um, it's really good for like people who especially like aren't as social. Mm. Just kind of like socialize with people more just to get 
used to it and then like if you auction animals i auction pigs yeah and like you get to go meet all the buyers and just kind of do like talking to everyone just yeah it's yeah it's a good experience it's just a good way to learn things be responsible yeah because you have to like you it's not just during the fair that you take care of your animals you right. have to take care of them for months years even yeah just like it's a good way to show that you're responsible because you can't have animals if you're not responsible yeah what is that thing that's a silky <laughs> okay it's a very unusual looking bird yeah uh, i'm sure it has eyes i just can't see its eyes yeah she's a bearded silky so she's very fluffy we have I, one at home is that she just really tame or is it the fact she can't see that makes it i uh... don't know it's, it's his bird <laughs> okay he's got an eye on her yeah very cool um, another big part of, of 4-H and what you guys do here is uh, interacting with the public, especially the non-farm public, right? Answering yes. their questions. And what is that like? Yeah. It's really fun, actually. Yeah. I enjoy it. I know there's some people who are like, more timid around people and just don't really like it. I love answering questions. It's a good way for me to learn things, too, because a lot of times even they'll have questions that I don't know the answer to, and then I can mm, go home and like, you learn. oh, let me learn this. Like, yeah. they don't, I didn't know the answer. I didn't know how to tell them. Yeah. So... It's just a good way for me to learn, everyone else to learn. Yeah. Um, do you feel like uh, it's helping people kind of, um, uh, you know, understand more about how important this is, the site of life, where food comes from, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, I think yeah. it's really important for people because it's a good way for them to learn. It's an interactive, fun way. Like, I mean, when we have our birds out, it's a good way for kids to even, like, you have little kids, one like one-year-old little kids just coming up and wanting to pet the birds and it's just a really good way for them to learn about this too yeah everyone needs to know about all the like farming importance and stuff yeah absolutely well thanks so much hayden you're welcome all right uh, just tell me your name jamie and your daughter here callie and what are you guys doing here at the clackamas county fair um to take care of pigs watch them show make sure um, the pigs do the right things. Awesome. What other contests did you do? Um, I did a contest. Did a contest? She did a food contest oh, and fun. she has fashion review tomorrow. Awesome. You got a busy week here at the fair, Callie. What kind of pig is this here? It's Big Mama. It's a crossbred. Crossbred. So okay. she's got multiple breeds in her. Cool. Are you guys part of a 4-H or FFA? 4-H. Awesome. Cool. Is this your first year? Uh, yes. And how old are you, Callie? Eight. Eight? That's so cool. You're doing so much at eight years old. I don't know if I'd ever even seen a pig when I was eight years old. <laughs> She's giving me the best look right now. Um, this has been a popular stop here at the Swine Barn because of the piglets, right, Jamie? Very much so. Yeah. Um, Everyone hunts attraction. them down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we asked somebody, like, on the other side of the barn, we heard there were piglets, and they knew exactly where to send us. So, yes. Yeah. The public vendors, <laughs> other 4-H members, like, everybody just, it, they're magnets. Yeah. Every um, year. A pretty, pretty big, uh, I don't know if this is normal with pig, piglets, but a pretty big uh, group <laughs> you got here, uh, 10? Yeah, that's that? pretty yeah. average. Is that average? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Awesome. How I guess uh, the one thing I want to know, and probably a lot of people wondering, is uh, in the heat. How are they? How are you guys? You know, I know that you guys are doing a lot to keep them cool, but 
Yeah, pigs are a little difficult because they don't regulate as well, but yeah. we do a lot of things to supplement that to keep them um, to be able to regulate with the heat and everything because pigs can't sweat. We got the misters going, all the uh, We got the fans. misters, yeah. we got the fans, we right. got ice blocks, um, yeah. we get them extra water, we get them electrolytes. Yeah. I mean, we missed them down. There's, there's a lot of stuff that we do because their health is very important to us. Right. And um, it's... It's hot. Yeah, yeah. And I just see a lot of just sleeping, and which I think is pretty normal. Uh, yes. I mean, that's, it's good for them because that's, that's kind not, of what we do as well when it's really hot. Yeah, they're not exerting as much energy. Yeah. And so that helps them kind of regulate everything and yeah. helps them out when they just kind of rest and chill out. And yeah. Conserve their energy. Yeah. Um, well, I really do. Callie took off, but I really do want to hear from you um, as a parent and it kind of about the value that you see in 4-H. Obviously, this is such a big part of the fair um, and, and, and kids are such a big part of it. Um, yeah. 4-H um, has been a program I've been involved in since I was nine. Okay. Wow. And multi-generational. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely so. Callie's age. My dad did it as well. Yeah. And um, I still remember the day my dad walked in the barn and said, "Do you want to do freight?" I'm like, "I guess so." Yeah. What is <laughs> but that? But it's. Yeah. I mean, it's changed my life. Um, mm. My kids definitely do it. My older one's 13. He's been here for five years now. Yeah. And doing pigs the whole time. Um, they learn a lot. He's grown so much in just the socialization, being able to communicate with people, yeah. how he interacts with the public, other kids, um, learning the skills for showmanship and the concentration and the hard work he has to put in, you know, all year long. It's not just a week-long thing. Yeah, 4-H is an all-year thing, and it's a community with each club. kind of has their own unique community sense about it and yeah. so you know it's kind of like sports but in a different way and yeah. you get a few more other skills out of it so they learn a lot of life skills right they oh, learn definitely. about uh, money for one thing yes my son um well my sister actually she did 4-h and then she went to osu yeah. and got scholarships and she paid for five years wow, of college based on deal. the money she earned yeah. doing 4-h for nine years yeah, it's just like big money especially that is big like money. yeah um, my son has been doing it for five. Um, he bought a truck. He's going to work it, and he's going to start using that and start his own business. Wow. Um, what kind of business? Uh, hay hauling and delivering. Awesome. So, Good for I him. Mean, they learn a lot of skills with yeah. money management, finances. They track their bills with the feed. Yeah. How much do they put into it? Yeah. What is their profit line? What do they need to make yeah. to be able to recover costs? Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the different animals they can purchase and the different costs and what they can afford. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much into it um, that they get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I know another really big part of um, what happens here uh, in these barns at the fair is that interaction with the public, especially baby folks that um, don't come from a farm background, maybe have lots of questions, maybe lots of silly questions. That's why I have Cali. <laughs> Um, but what is that like, um, and doing that educational aspect? Um, it's It's been really good. Yeah. Uh, like I said, my son's been here for a few years, and so he's now able to feel confident in yeah. his answering to the yeah. public. And so it's really neat to see them interact and advertise kind of what's going on. What is a farm really like? Because a lot of people, like you said, don't know. Yeah. They don't understand how much is put into it, what they can take. Um, and it's really neat just seeing the kids being able to advocate for themselves, become future farmers, kind of being able to 
keep this going on. Yeah. Because it is such a huge part of everyone's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Are there special things you have to do for um, the mom here uh, to keep her healthy and, and uh, cool down in this kind of heat uh, where she's suckling 10, 10 babies? <laughs> yeah, like I said. Or is it pretty pretty normal to what everyone's doing to keep their animals it's pretty routine with yeah. what I said earlier with what we're doing. Yeah. Um, because she is nursing, she's going to definitely need more calories. So yeah. she eats more than the other pigs do. Yeah. And we missed her down maybe a little bit more because, you know, she's a little heavier yeah. <laughs> than the other ones. She's like three times she's the size big. of She's so big. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. She is about two. And the other market ones that everyone has around here is closer to six to eight months. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And, I mean, she is three times their size. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely a little bit extra, but the same type of methods are used, just more tentatively. Because, um, you know, nursing 10 pigs is a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of energy. Sign, you estimate she weighs about 650 pounds. Not, yeah. You're not supposed to talk about a woman's weight, but I think it's okay. <laughs> In this context, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's got to be a big job just moving her um, around, getting her here. Where, whereabouts do you guys live? Uh, Sandy, Oregon. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive getting out here. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, if she doesn't want to go somewhere, she won't. Yeah. <laughs> so she she'll do what she does, but that's that's part of the daily training and working with them and doing everything else so you can have that type of relationship to be able to bring them to a county fair yeah um instead of just having them in a field all day and not going near them as much we put in a lot of work to be able to bring them to the public absolutely yeah is she um is she showing or anything or was it really to, to show the babies and give them opportunity to do that public engagement like you're talking about um, she's more here for the public engagement. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you know, everybody loves little piglets. Yeah. And they're about this small only for a short time. Right. They go to new owners, usually about six to eight weeks old. Yeah. Um, and so then they get the other size. Well, you know, public yeah. doesn't want to see that size. Right. They, they want the little babies. The little they're cuter. Ones. Yeah. So um, it kind of is nice because then we can advocate for what's going on a little bit more because people are more drawn and interested in it. And so that attraction kind of just helps really advocate for the whole barn. Yeah. And so that's why she's here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Callie. Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in the, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. 
We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.